All right, let's dive right into it. We have a lot of ground to cover here this afternoon. Big developments in uh, the last 24 hours in one key local legislative race. Incumbent Tim Butler is seeking another term running in the 95th House District, but he's facing a primary challenge in the Republican primary next week from Kent Gray, who today picked up a big endorsement. We're going to talk about that and much more here. Uh, and I know, Kent, you were on the air here earlier today as well, so some of this is going to uh, be a repeat, but there's other folks who didn't get a chance to hear it this morning. want to make sure hear all about this as well. So, first of all, welcome back to the studio. Thank you, Jim. It's it's an honor to be with you. It's always great to talk to the many Republicans that listen to your show. I, I want to start, before we get into the endorsement and the other news, let's just give people the overview here. Remind them who you are and why you're running for the Illinois General Assembly. So, my name's Kent Gray, uh, born and raised here in Springfield, Illinois. Went to Chatham schools all the way from kindergarten through high school. Uh, I'm a lawyer here practicing in town. Uh, spent 18 years on the Lincoln Land Community College Board, was chairman and vice chair out there for four years. Uh, been active in politics for a very long time. My father got me started. He was Jim Thompson's downstate uh, deputy campaign manager in 1976. And I've been involved in politics for basically 35 years, culminating uh, about six years ago when I was the state director for Illinois and Missouri for Donald Trump uh, in the primaries and ran his campaign successfully uh, for in the primaries and then went to work for the White House and um, so that's kind of what I'm doing, and it's it's uh, it seemed to be a time to run for state representative. Why? Uh, what do you want to accomplish? Well, a couple reasons. Uh, Representative Butler and I have known each other for 30 years. There's nothing personal between us, but uh, the reality is the uh, the Republican Party's changed a lot in the last uh, 10 years since really the Tea Party uh, movement, and then I think Donald Trump kind of echoed that a bit. And uh, Representative Butler is uh, is a never-Trumper. He is no fan of Donald Trump, and he's been pretty open about that. But more importantly, and what really pushed me uh, this year to run is I- I'm just tired of these Republicans state reps voting for tax increases here in the state of Illinois. Uh, Representative Butler voted to double the Illinois gas tax and have it go up 5% every single year forever until the legislature acts to stop that. Uh, He also voted for a 44% increase in the online sales tax. He voted for a parking tax. He voted to increase cigarette taxes. And my view is There's enough Democrats in the state of Illinois to pass all the taxes that they want to do. We've got to stop taking 20 Republicans off the caucus so that 20 Democrats don't have to vote for the tax increase and then run against us as anti-tax Democrats. One tax in particular is the basis for Darren Bailey's endorsement. He is right now, according to the polls, the front runner for the Republican nomination for governor. And he is backing you over Tim Butler specifically because of that gas tax increase. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Representative Butler's in here a little bit later on this afternoon, but I know he and others have said, hey, we needed that revenue because we have to repair roads. We have to repair bridges. We've had a real infrastructure problem in this state. That money's got to come from someplace. What's your response? Well, uh, the reality is that we have taken care of roads and bridges for a long time uh, with state uh, the state budget and the road fund from the existing uh, uh, fuel taxes. Have we, though? I mean, we routinely got horrendous grades for the quality of our roads and bridges and all of that infrastructure. Very true. And, and I would argue that, that our previous gas tax was actually pretty high when viewed nationally. We're one of the few states that actually then does a sales tax on top of the, the motor fuel tax. Uh, we've now gone from, I, I want to say it was 21 before they passed it to number two in the country now. And the reality is that the uh, the roads, in my experience, and I've been all around the country uh, the last 15 years, the roads in this state are not uh, golden for what we are paying in taxes uh, to make them so. And, and um, you know, 
to, to do something where you double the tax in one fell swoop and then you have it go up 5% every single year with no end in sight, it has no end, uh, is, is, in my opinion, a huge mistake. We will catch up probably with California, who doesn't have the escalator on their motor fuel tax. We'll pass them, and, and we will be a, uh, again, hollow out Illinois for people who want to live here. Our taxes are too high. But are the roads going to get any better if we don't have that revenue? Uh, the roads could get better if the legislature and the governor would make decisions based on the, you know, uh, tens of billions of dollars that we spend in state budget right now. If they, the, I think roads and bridges are important, and I think uh, that money should come out of the state budget. Um, but that's a choice that they wanted to go to this exclusive uh, taxing mechanism to bring in extra money for it. to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's and it's not even fully a lockbox. There's there are caveats on that too. We've seen the Democrats, especially on the federal level, completely uh, redefine what infrastructure is in the last two years. Um, and so, you know, what is really infrastructure? But but overall, it's a you know realize just in the last five years we've had Republicans be the deciding vote. Republicans from Springfield be the deciding vote on a 32 percent income tax increase. I mean that's thousands of dollars out of every one of our pockets, everybody that listens to this, over time, it's a huge increase. But we're now paying our bills on time, as opposed to having a $16 billion backlog. We're paying bills on time. Isn't that stuff important, too? Well, we still have a bit of a backlog. It's better than it was because we... We're within a 30-day payment cycle. That's that's standard. I mean, Well, it's not standard for the state of Illinois. (laughs) It's unusual for the state of Illinois. But but it is the the typical governmental process, how it should work. You're never going to pay your bill the next day you get it. We're on a 30-day payment cycle. We weren't paying bills for a year, a year and a half. I mean, this is a better situation now, right? Uh, It's better that we're paying our bills, but the answer isn't always just throw more money at it. The answer sometimes is cut what you're spending and try to live in within the means where where do we cut oh there's any number of places that you could cut pick one. state budget finances pick one uh, i think we should do a like the county does here do a 10 percent across the board on everything that's involved in state government i think every agency every year should you're gonna come. cut 10 percent from schools sure 10 percent from state police it wouldn't be 10%. It would not be 10%. You said 10% from everything. It wouldn't be 10% from schools because schools get most of their money from local taxing bodies. So it's not like that it would be 10% off the top. So property of taxes would go up then because if they're going to get 10% less from what they get from the state. No, they wouldn't. The property taxes go up generally what the inflation is every year. Uh, and they can't go more than that. Because you don't think they'd go up if the state cut its contribution to schools by 10%? You don't think local property taxes would go up? Well, there's an issue this year about, for instance, you know, a a ton of federal money and state money has fallen into the school districts uh, this particular year uh, and at the county level because of the 1% sales tax. So District 186, which my kids go to, uh, has basically had a windfall of half a billion dollars in the last few years between the federal money and the the money that's coming in from this 1% sales tax boondoggle uh, of building uh, infrastructure for schools across the county of Sangamon over 20 years, uh, or as I like to call it, uh, free money for bond attorneys. Um, but, uh, you know, th- there is there is money going on. There's more money sloshing around government right now than there are projects to actually do. We're talking with Kent Gray. He is the challenger in the Republican primary for the 95th House District. Uh, you, you mentioned Trump as a, a big factor here in the uh, current Republican Party and primary challenges, etc. 
So I got to ask you, uh, because I'm asking this of a lot of Republican candidates, did Joe Biden win the 2020 election? I think Joe Biden became president of the United States. No, this is a yes or no question. Did Joe Biden win? It is, though, Ken. I don't think it is. It's a simple yes or no question. Here's what I'll tell you. Here's what I'll tell you. I was in Wisconsin for the RNC for a week. Uh, for Election Day and then a week for the recount. And I watched all the ways that the Democrats did everything they could to steal the 2020 election. The election wasn't stolen, Kent. Come on. Well, maybe it wasn't, but they sure tried. (laughs) But they relaxed. relaxed This has been adjudicated in dozens of court cases. It's been certified in every state in the nation, certified by the Congress. What's the evidence that the election was, quote, stolen? Well, with my own eyes, I watched them do voting at the uh, curbside in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I watched them relax signature requirements in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I watched them send a, a ballot to everybody in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Why didn't the court throw out all those ballots? Because there's plenty of people who wanted the Democrats to win. So the, the courts are in on this stolen election. Well, judges across Wisconsin, judges in every other state. Kent, come on. No, I, This I, is I, a simple yes or no question. Did Joe Biden win the 2020 election? Yes or no? He he is the president. That is not States. the question I asked you. Did Joe Biden win the 2020 election? I yes or think, no? I don't think we'll ever know what the final vote tally was. Just like the Bush v. Gore thing. We don't know what the actual numbers finally were. Because in a place like Wisconsin, which I stood and watched as a lawyer and dealt with the issues at the recount, you had Democrats who purposely in Milwaukee, Madison, and Green Bay relax or ignore longstanding election protection laws. But they didn't bother to tell the clerks over in Appleton or Washakob because they didn't want those guys to also relax the COVID-related uh, protections. And so what ended up happening? In all the counties in Wisconsin, and this is true of the five other swing states too, you had counties that enforced every one of their state election laws, but you had Democrat counties in all those swing states that basically threw them out the window. Now, did that make enough difference to change it? It's only 43,000 votes between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Could have happened. Maybe it didn't. You, watch, two, watch 2,000 mules. Oh, come on. Just don't stop. All right. Let's move on to something else here. <laughs> you're, you're making some other news today now. Tell me about this uh, document you handed me on your way in. This is a complaint for libel, false light defamation, and it names among several defendants your opponent, Tim Butler, and yeah. his campaign committee. Yeah. What's going on? So I, I, I hate to do it, and I, I had hoped that we could keep this on a, on a professional and uh, uh, non-personal level, but... Um, Uh, The reality is that several months ago when I got into this race, um, I sent a message to my opponent's campaign through the local Republican Party. And I said, hey, if you've got issues that you want to beat me up on that are legitimate and factual, I understand. I've got some issues uh, in my divorce and in my life that are legitimate. You can bring them up. I don't have a problem with it. But don't make stuff up. Don't lie about it. And so on Saturday, I started getting, actually, on Saturday, I was actually at a party, and I had people started walking up to me with uh, text messages that they had just received. It was an anonymous text message that didn't have the paid-for information, and it was an anonymous text message that made a wildly uh, false accusation about uh, my divorce. And, uh, you know, I, I figured immediately I'd probably have to spend several weeks trying to subpoena people to figure out who, what numbers sent this text message and where it came from. And then, lo and behold, I started getting uh, some screenshots of uh, other text messages because the numbers that they used to send the anonymous uh, text message, which, by the way, is illegal under state and federal law because you've got to disclose who pays for stuff, uh, that particular text message was preceded about three weeks ago with a official Tim Butler campaign event uh, text 
from the exact same numbers. And so, is this coming from an actual phone number for one of those like five-digit codes that no, it's coming, come from? It's a ten-digit. It's a two-one-seven code. Okay. Uh, we've we have. It just so happens that one of my good friends is uh, used to own one of the largest text messaging companies in the country. So this was a bad move on their part because he's got great resources. Because it's be the same number, does it mean it's the same people that did it? Could they have used the same company, the same vendor? To, could have been. Uh, yeah. So, could, I mean, somebody else could have used the same company or same vendor. Uh, hypothetically. Uh, and so you are suing over this. Now, what what exactly did this uh, text message say that you consider libelous? So it, it basically uh, wildly exaggerated the amount of money that I owe in back child support. And uh, they could have gone to the court records and figured out exactly what it was, but they chose not to. So You're they went with an amount that that isn't uh, isn't true. It's it's defamatory and it's false. Your and complaint the references you were behind thirty thousand in child support is what this text says. Right. How what how much were you actually behind in child support? Probably about a third of that. So instead of thirty thousand, it was ten thousand. Maybe a little bit more than ten. And yeah. you consider that difference to be defamatory? Yes. Yes, because they could have they could have gotten the actual amount from the court file if they wanted to. In fact, my ex-wife filed a document back in April with the with the current accounting on everything because we've got a court hearing coming up in July uh, on modifying the amount that I pay in child support. So, I mean, this is one of those, you know, it's a dirty trick. They didn't bother to if they wanted to hit me legitimately, they would have put the paid for on it and they would have said this is this is a, this is a legitimate argument between us. But if it's going to be false and it's going to be anonymous, the other big issue that they've run into is you cannot send automated text messages uh, under the TCPA law, the, the telephone uh, consumer protection law at the federal level that's been around for about 25 years. And that has a statutory $500 fine per text. So if for the Republicans out there that have been reading my Facebook posts, uh, feel free to, to jump in and send me the text message because uh, once this campaign is done next Tuesday, we're heading for a class action uh, on all of these. And it's it's I generally mail to more than 10,000 Republican voters in in this particular district, which means we're talking about uh, potentially fines in excess of $5 million. In addition to that allegation, though, it also references other things that are on the record. You had your law license suspended for a year. I did. Uh, you were delinquent in property taxes at one point. No. Uh, you were not? Nope. Wasn't, wasn't your home sold for an unpaid pro or property sold for unpaid property taxes? My home? No. You're a, a piece of property that you own? No. What what was sold for unpaid property taxes? You referenced it in the Illinois Times article. Uh, well, you can if you don't pay uh, property taxes, they get sold at auction. The taxes get sold at auction, right? And then it's a loan automatically to the third party to pay back uh, when you get because a your property taxes weren't paid. Uh, they were paid. They were paid by a, basically a loan company. Why Why didn't you pay your property taxes? Uh, I don't know if you noticed or not, but over the last 10 years, we've had a financial collapse. I had a messy divorce, and we just had a global pandemic. And I, your law license was suspended. Yeah, I'm not lucky enough to have a quarter-million-dollar income like the butlers do that never never dried up during COVID. Yeah, well, lots of people had problems during the pandemic and still paid their property taxes. What I'm asking is, shouldn't and voters care about didn't. these things? Shouldn't voters be concerned that you've had all these things going sure, on? they can be concerned. They can be concerned. I mean, if that's, I mean a, lot of, a lot of people every year deal with issues of property tax. I mean, that's why the system is designed that way. And that does that reflect it all on, as, as the text message references, having your own house in order? Well, I mean, that's an opinion. That's not a fact. That's different. 
I mean, issues of opinion are, are something else. Um, I, most of my issues in my life come from a very nasty divorce that I had nine years ago. And, uh, you know, people can believe what they want. Uh, Judge Narduli, when he did the divorce, uh, sent to the ARDC that uh, he didn't believe that I had gotten the tax transcripts that he ordered. Uh, and the ARDC did an investigation and refused to consider the copies of the tax transcripts that I received from the IRS. Uh, in fact, at one point they said, well, maybe they're fake. And I said, okay, why don't you challenge, why don't you, I mean, they have barcodes and stuff like that on it that came from the IRS. And they were like, nope, we're going to prosecute you. So uh, in the end, I lost my license for a year, but I found out about it sitting in Australia on a White House trip, ended up doing a number of other trips and working for HUD for six months. And then I became a lawyer again. So not not one of the highest points of my life, but uh, but I think it's also, frankly, uh, you know, it's something for voters to consider, but I don't think it's uh, also true. I'm out of time. How, okay. how do people find out more about your campaign? Uh, Citizens for Kent Gray on Facebook, uh, kentgray.us uh, on uh, on the web, and um, I would appreciate anybody's vote next Tuesday. Primary Election Day, one week from today.